Well, if you'll turn your Bible to 2 Corinthians tonight, chapter number 12, and we'll dive in and see uh, what uh, the Lord would have for us tonight. We'd like to welcome all of those by way of live stream and radio, wherever you are. We're so glad that you joined us tonight. We hope that you enjoy the services. I want to read the first uh, first 13 verses, and and we'll just try to develop a thought out of that. If you would, please. I'm sure you still have your outline from last week. And so I just want to kind of add a little bit to that. Second Corinthians, we're talking about God's fool. And let me explain that to you. Look at verse 23 of chapter number 11. Paul said, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. Let me explain that a little bit. Paul thought it was foolishness. Anytime he got in the pulpit or wrote a letter and bragged on himself. Because he, he, he edified and glorified the Lord every time he spoke. He said, I, I want to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. You remember him saying that? But because of uh, problems in the church and a little bit of uh, law mixed with grace. Somebody's come down from Jerusalem and has begun to... Uh, divide the church and so forth and so on. So the church is divided. And Paul says, now, I don't want to act like a fool, but you've made it necessary that I do a little bit of talking to you about myself. He's defending his apostleship. And it's a sad day. Anytime a preacher's got to get in the pulpit and defend himself. You know what I mean? It's just a sad day when God's people just cannot settle things Without uh, backbiting and without uh, some kind of division and what have you. And, but Paul said, now, uh, you've made it necessary. Look at verse, t- verse 1 of chapter 12. He said, now, it is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. Paul said, I don't want to glory, but you folks have made it necessary. So I'm just going to glory a little bit tonight. I'm going to talk to you about my ministry compared to... Peter's ministry over yonder in Jerusalem or any other apostles. He said, uh, you have made it necessary. I come to visions and revelations of the Lord. Now, sometimes if you want to check it out, you'll notice that several times Paul had open revelations and visions and God would lead him into a certain area. He said, now I can come to you and talk to you about that. He said, I knew a man in Christ Above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth such a one caught up to the third heaven. Now, could I please ask you something? If you were caught up into heaven, could you keep it secret for 14 years? I couldn't. I guarantee I couldn't keep it secret. And Paul said, I was caught up to heaven 14 years ago. It's the first time I've said anything about it. But you've necessitated me. You're comparing me with somebody who has credentials from Peter and from the church at Jerusalem. You're saying that I'm not an apostle because I don't have letters of recommendation from Peter and James and those fellows. He said, unless you and I just come to visions and revelations. We'll talk about that a while. I like that, don't you? He's tooting his own horn. You don't want to. But in his shame, a church 
who he started, whom he birthed, whom he won to Christ, whom he baptized, whom he taught and grounded before he left, all of a sudden believed old so-and-so from up at Jerusalem because he had a degree. My daddy said one more curl in a pig's tail don't make any more pork. You can have as many degrees as the thermometer and still be as dumb as a rock. Amen. And here they believe in old rock. And Paul said, well, you, you forced me to do this. So let's come to visions and revelation. Verse 3 said, I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth how that he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. I don't know. Maybe there's some words in heaven that will be spoken that's unutterable by the human tongue. There might be words in heaven that we'll hear that be unlawful for us to even express. Paul said, I heard things in heaven that it is not capable of the human tongue to verbalize. That means unutterable, absolutely impossible to speak. And besides that, even if I wanted to, it's unlawful for me to do that. Not permissible. I wonder why he said that. He said, you folks are bragging on old so-and-so. That sucker can't speak but one language. He said, I'd speak in tongues more than you folk. Plus, I know one that I can't even speak. It's sad when a preacher's got to defend himself like that, isn't it? He goes on to say, he was caught up into paradise. Now, I spent a little time last week telling you about paradise and when it was moved and how it was moved and why it was moved. And now it is no longer in the heart of the earth, not in Hades or Sheol. Now, the rich man that's in hell cannot look across the great gulf and see Lazarus because Lazarus was moved at the resurrection. And Jesus Christ not, did not only ascend to heaven, but first he descended into the heart of the earth, stayed three days and three nights. And when he left, he set captivity free. Can't you imagine when Jesus walked into paradise Sarah nudged Abraham and said, Honey, it's time to get up. We're fixing to leave. Uh, he said something. I bet old Abraham had a shouting fit, don't you? Yeah, he was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. And he's been in paradise all that time. And when Jesus raised Abraham and Sarah, went and enjoyed that city that was built by the hand of God. Paradise. I mean, some. you think maybe you might get the big head walking around being the only person in the whole world that's seen that? I mean, I know preachers get the big head because so, somebody gives them a, 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 a you know, an honorary degree. They get to be a doctor, then they think they need the several nurses. And, and, and you know, and the, you can't get an appointment with them. I don't want one. 
Dr. Fudunk, old doctor ain't never done it, no doctor doubt it, sitting on a platform, a church somebody else built. Big head. Isn't it a strange? God always knows how to balance the books. Now notice, God is a good balancer. I, I, I like this. And he said of such a one, uh, he said, verse 5, Of such a one will I glory yet of myself. I will not glory but in my, what? Infirmities. For though I should desire to glory, I shall not be a fool. For I will say the truth, but now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. Paul said, I'll not send you a resume. You know, everybody's wanting to see somebody's resume. I know preachers got resumes longer than my leg. Never built a church over 50. Don't believe in soul winning. But because he polished somebody else's shoes, they're big wheels at some fellowship somewhere. Resume. I like Elijah's resume. He's from Tish. That's it. (laughs) That was a man named Elijah from Tish. Elijah would never make it today because he couldn't write out a resume. I've never in 46 years written out a resume. I never thought I had one. In fact, till last week, I thought that was a disease, and I was looking in the dictionary and found out it was something else. He said, I, I don't think I'll send you a resume. Verse 7, unless I should be exalted above measure, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. I know some guys that needs a thorn. They think they're better than some of us. You know, I believe God knows how to handle that, don't you? And for this thing, I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then am I strong. I am become a fool in glory in. Only because you have compelled me. (laughs) For I thought to have been commended of you. But you folk didn't commend me. You run me down and doubted me. 
For in nothing am I behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be, what? And that's a good way to feel about yourself. All Paul had done, he knew that Paul didn't do it, but Christ did it through him. Amen. Amen. Truly, the signs of apostles were wrought among you in all patience. In signs, wonders, and mighty deeds. For what is it wherein ye were inferior to other churches? He said, now let me talk to you, church, about where you were inferior to the rest of the churches that I started. Except it be that I myself was not burdensome to you. In other words, you didn't pay me one iota. Not one offering, not one biscuit, not one burrito, not one donut, not one pig in the blanket did you buy me. And he said, because I allowed you to take me for granted and not support me, forgive me this wrong. You know, I like the Apostle Paul. Now, last week, I give you an outline, and you've got it there, I think. And we talked about Paul's thrill, Paul's thorn, and Paul's thrust. But I didn't want to come to you tonight with the same thing. So let me do this. Just turn that over. I don't know. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do something else tonight. I don't know if Brother JT's got up there. I noticed he was eating his pizza a while ago. So he may be between pizzas and, and Pepsis. I have no idea. But let me talk to you tonight about glory, number one. Goodness, number two, and grace, number three. Number one, glory, God honored him with taking him to heaven. Aren't you glad of that? God on, I tell you, God honored Paul beyond measure because he, he was raised to the third heaven. I don't know if he is going slow enough till he could sing the stars or sing the clouds or anything, but he must have been really moving on to get there and back in such a short time. But you do know, you do know. Now, the astronomers, because of their stronger telescopes, have now discovered space so, so absolutely uh, phenomenal and huge that we no longer measure space in miles because it's so huge and gigantic that no longer can miles, you can't even, you can't even measure the universe in miles. Human math is not that huge. Now we measure space in light years. 186 miles 186,000 miles a second is how fast light travels. 186,000 miles a second. And after you have traveled at 186,000 miles a second for a year, that is a light year. And in heaven, distance and travel exceeds that. In heaven, you can't even measure distance and miles in light years. But in heaven, you have to measure it in thought years. 
how quick a thought is. You say, there's no way in the world Jesus can get from uh, the mountain uh, to the garden uh, to heaven and back in three days. He did in a lot less time than that. And in heaven, I'm going to have that kind of body. Now, you know why you can't go to heaven in the body you've got? Because it ain't fit for heaven. It's not even wired for heaven. I mean, you would crash the computer in your life if you tried to go to heaven in your body. But thank God I'm going to get one one of these days that I can be absolutely comfortable in heaven. And it's going to be made by hands. It's going to be made by God. And it's a body incorruptible, undefiled. Thank God. Well, that's another deal. Let me talk to you tonight for just a minute about glory. God honored Paul, verse 1 through 6. Honored Paul. Glory. Let me also, and we'll get just a minute, and, and then we'll talk about goodness. God humbled Paul. But we can't walk around with our heads full of glory all the time. Uh, you, you know, you just, you know, somebody said, boy, I just love living on the mountaintop. Oh, you don't grow on the mountain. You grow in the valley. Uh, you know, uh, I can't understand. Folks are always getting their feelings hurt and always saying, well, I ain't going to do this or I ain't going to do that. You'll never catch. You need to just wake up and smell the roses. Amen. On the other side of every hill, there's a valley. And you don't grow with your mount with your head stuck through a halo. You grow through difficulty. You grow down there where the valley is. And so God is so good. After he's given Paul the glory, then he's so good to bring him back down to earth and give him something to humble him. And that was a thorn in the flesh. Now, I bet you everybody here tonight has something or someone bothering them. I know you do because I've already heard it in the grapevine. My secret service folk has already told me what you think and what she said to you and what you wanted to say to them and what he did and somebody spit in your postosties. I know that. Now, why do you think God allowed that to happen? So you could get mad and pout and split the church and get your little clique all worked up. Well, look, it ain't going to do you no good, so just build a bridge and get over it. That's why God lets us go through the valleys. Okay? Look, if you would please, verse 7 and 8. Paul said, you know, I, didn't, I don't think it's a good thing for me to start feeling important, he said. And verse 7, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Quite a contrast, would you say, from paradise to pain. You know, from glory to suffering. To walking on streets of gold. 
from blessing of God in heaven to the buffeting of Satan on the earth. From ecstasy to agony. Could I ask you please? Anybody here feel like that every once in a while? Why me? Well, I noticed so, so, so it wasn't in church. Why don't the preacher climb their clock? How do you know I haven't? If they're not here tonight, I probably already climbed it. Hey, it's not about so-and-so. And it's not about old so-and-so over there in the church at Corinth. It's calling all the problem. It's between Paul and God. And God is working on Paul. And Paul needs to leave old so-and-so to God. Because he knows how to handle so-and-so. And And I've determined a long time ago. I'm not going to let my enemy get between me and God. Because that means they're closer to God than I am. And I am just flat going to refuse to let anybody push me out of a walk with Jesus. Huh? Now, I don't have to look too far to see that maybe I'm in your front yard. Just look at your face. That's all I got to do. Because your face reflects your heart. And you say, preacher, I'm going to get mad at you. I'll bet you if you've been here long, it's not the first time. See, Paul didn't get mad at so-and-so. And Paul is telling so-and-so the reason when he was at Corinth, he acted the way he did and was kind of withdrawn. And he was. Because they're grappling at Paul because he was withdrawn and old so-and-so was such an out-front kind of guy. Paul was not charismatic like old so-and-so. In fact, Paul's appearance was really not like old so-and-so because Paul's appearance was kind of ruddy and his speech was what? Detestable. So Paul in his preaching and Paul in his appearance Never stacked up to Apollos. Apollos was a R.G. Lee kind of guy. Apollos could preach on the sunshine. First three rows get sunburned. If you've ever R.G. Lee preach or S.M. Lockridge preach, every time I listen to him, I want to quit. You said, well, I wish you would. I'm not listening to him. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's easy for us to compare ourselves with somebody else, right? Isn't that right? It's easy. It's easy, right? Well, look, you're not like anybody else. You're very unique. You're an individual. You're just like God wants you. And you say, well, why ain't they like I want them? You didn't pay for them. You didn't create them. You didn't buy them. You didn't die on the cross. It's a personal situation. And Paul said, lest I should be exalted above measure. Paul said, I was given a thorn in the flesh. Now look at this. Heaven prepared him for the thorn and the thorn 
preparing for earth. Get that? One embellishes the other. Glory, goodness. See that? By the way, I don't know of anybody God has ever really used that was not broken first. Now, everybody wants this position. Why don't you just live 46 years in the ministry like I have and knocked on the doors? I'm knocked on and not had things to eat and things to places to sleep and on and on. You see, there is a preparation. There is a preparation. And God was preparing Paul for a great work. Paul is overwhelmed in verse 7. Notice that. Overwhelmed in verse 7. Yes, he is overwhelmed in verse 7. You agree with that? Listen now. And Paul is overruled in verse 8. Verse 8. He says... For this thing, I besought the Lord thrice, three times, that it might depart from me. Paul said, what I want, Lord, is for you to substitute something for this thorn. He's prayed three times, and God has overruled him. You say, God did not answer his prayer. Yes, he did. He just did not answer it like Paul wanted. Paul was praying for substitution and God was wanting reformation. Take this. Give me this. Take this. Give me this. God said, whoa, wait a minute. I think I know best what's for you. Paul said, Lord, if you take this throne, there's no telling what I might do for you. And God said to Paul, Paul, if I take that thorn, you'll get the big head. You'll start speaking at other churches instead of winning souls. What you need, Paul, is not substitution. You don't need me to substitute something for that thorn. You need an old-fashioned reformation. You need something happen inside of you. You got that? You know why you might be going through problems is God might be trying to do something in you. And he'll use the things around us to do things in us. If we will yield. Do you understand that? And you say, well, Paul, he's crazy. He's overruled. And verse 10, 9 and 10, he's overjoyed. (laughs) Did you see that? In verse number 7, he's overwhelmed. Hey, do you ever feel overwhelmed? I do sometimes. I'm overwhelmed at your faithfulness. Every time I drive by this church, I'm overwhelmed that God... Wouldn't even let me be the member, let alone the pastor. You say, you're stupid. No, I'm not. Because most educational institutions in America do not think that I'm worthy and scriptural enough to pastor a church. 
And most of those guys, I could put most of their people in our bathrooms. I am overwhelmed. I am overwhelmed at the blessings of God upon this church. I, I, I just, I can't explain. Uh, you, you know, there's not many churches in the state that could have a $130,000 cash offering in one Sunday. You know, and we probably have the largest bus ministry in the city. And bus kids, you know, they've always told me, bus kids don't pay the bills. And I told them, neither does the driving crowd. God does. See, ain't ain't that a different... Ain't that different? Yes, sir. If you were to tell the average preacher that last year we had 100 families visit, first time visit, and 50 of them joined. Now that, that's it's not bad for a bunch of rednecks and coon hunters. Amen. I'm just telling you, I'm overwhelmed at what God is doing in this place. Amen. Uh, and me and Jim, we just, we don't understand it. And Paul was overwhelmed at what God let him see. And then Paul prayed and he was overruled. Have you ever prayed and ever been overruled? What's wrong, God? Can't you, can't you hear me? God hears you. He just knows what's good for you. Amen. You know, from my past, it don't take me long to say calf rope if somebody's punching me in the mouth. You know, if I ain't doing no good and doing nothing but bleeding, I'm going to yell calf rope. One of these days he'll turn his head. You know, I think a lot of Baptists need to learn how to say calf rope. Yeah. Dear Lord, I'm tired of fighting. Yeah. Right. I'm tired of getting mad at every little old dumb thing yeah. coming along. I'm tired about complaining about little old stuff that don't mean a hill of beans. And three weeks from now, it's gone. And, and I, I, you know, I don't care how she combs her hair. I don't care what she does with her nose. Forget it. It's all about you and God, not about you and somebody else. Amen. Overwhelmed, overruled. And uh, I, then he, verse 9, overjoyed. Look at this. Notice glory. God honored him. Goodness. God humbled him. Isn't that nice? God knew best. Gave him a thorn in the flesh. Now notice, I want you to read verse number nine. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. Here. Not substitution. Reformation. No, Paul, I don't think I'll take... I don't think I'll take the thorn. But I think I'll give you something much better than me taking the thorn. I think I'll just give you grace. Is that good or what? I said, is that good or what? He said, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now, Paul, you can have one or two things. You can keep the thorn and take my strength. 
or you can have your strength and I'll take the thorn. You know what's wrong with a lot of folk that are saved? They're settling for their strength instead of his grace. Uh, Please get this. Please get this. There's just something bigger than my suffering. Now, there's just something bigger than my will and what I do and how I get it done. Notice, if you would, please. I want you to notice something, Paul, in verse 9 and 10. Notice here. He says, first of all, I'm going to let you see some glory. I'm going to honor you. Secondly, I'm going to show you my goodness. I'm going to humble you. I'm going to give you something in spite of what you pray. And then Paul said, most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my ability to preach my theology that I learnt at the feet of Gamal, my doctor's degrees. Is that what Paul's glorying in? All the churches he built around the Mediterranean seacoast turned the world upside down for Christ. Paul said, I don't have a resume. He said, I think I'll just glory in something else. Are you listening now? What's Paul going to glory in? Infirmities. Why in the world would he do that? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Paul made a rational decision. Okay, Lord, if I can't have it both ways, I'll keep the thorn and I'll take your grace. Because your grace is what? Sufficient. That's a wonderful promise. See, Paul is not complaining. <laughs> He's glorying. I tell you, he must be stupid. Look in verse 10, what he glories in. I guess we could glory in our offerings and glory in our buildings and glory in all the folks that got saved and Glory, glory, glory. But God don't want us to do that. Paul said in verse 10, I'll close. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Notice, it's awful strange for somebody to glory in some of the strangest things. I don't know how long it's been since I gloried in my infirmities. I'm getting more of them every day. I'll be driving down the road and something will kick out and 
Ginger will say, what's wrong? I said, I don't know. I guess that's a thorn in that side. Pretty soon this, well, she said, how do you handle two thorns? Then both legs quit, I said. You know, I've come to think, if God just let me preach this book, I don't care what hurts. And I don't care how long it hurts. And I don't care how severe it hurts. Because when I start preaching this book, it all goes away. Hmm? One time I was preaching down in, down in uh, Pensacola, Florida. Preaching in a church that was so cold as icicles hanging from the ceiling. Preacher had retired two years ago or three years ago. And another preacher had come and the old preacher stayed in the church. And the old preacher was doing all the weddings and the funerals. Guess who was still pastoring the church? And they wanted me to straighten that out. Dear God, I'm not in a straighten out business. Why would you want me to do that? So I was preaching revival. I was sitting on the front row. I don't know why. Just before I got up to preach, somebody came by and said, Hey, could I take your blood pressure? I said, I guess. Does it take a needle to do it? I, I didn't know anything about blood pressure. He took my blood pressure. And he said, Son, you're right before having a heart attack. That's before I started preaching. I preached for about an hour and 30 minutes. Sit down. And it was normal. Nothing to this preaching. <laughs> Don't bother you, bother you, bother you, bother you. But if I think if I was going to glory in something, I think I'd pick another crowd. Paul said, I think since his grace is sufficient, I think I'll just glory in infirmities. I don't know what Paul's physical infirmity was. And nobody does. They do a lot of guessing. But I'll bet you he had some. Because there was a thorn. A prick. A sticking thorn. In his flesh. That aggravated and hurt immensely. It was to the tune of buffeting. Satan was buffeting Paul. The word buffet means to hit with a fist. What it mean in the Greek? Continually. Hit with a fist. Now, I don't know just how comfortable that is. But Paul said, I think I'll glory in that instead of what I've done. He said, I think I'll just take pleasure in reproaches. Anybody ever ridicule you or slander you? If you read anything about Paul, somebody always was trying to either kill him, put him in jail, uh, stone him. He said, I, I take pleasure in them things. We're scared to walk to the door, knock on the door, afraid somebody will say, what do you want? When Paul went to jail, stoned, beaten with rods, spent nights and days in the deep. He said, I think I'll take pleasure in distresses. You ever been distressed? It's when you're going through Joshua at 60 miles an hour. Suddenly you look behind you and there's that bubblegum machine on the top of Dudley Do-Right's car. That's distress. Right? 
Don't try to turn the corner real fast and let them drive by. Gene Jr. did that one night. He called me and said, Daddy, bring cash. That's distress. That's distress. Situations, problems. Paul said, I take pleasure in those, in necessities, food, shelter, safety. Paul said, I'm done. Paul said, I'm not glorying and I'm not taking a pleasure in all the churches I built and all the souls that were saved. And how the gospel is now spread throughout the whole world because of Paul. He said, I'm not going to glory in that. I'll tell you what I'm going to take pleasure in. I'll take pleasure in these things that makes it necessary that I have the power of Christ to rest upon me. Huh? Well, look at how old so-and-so. Hey, wait, wait a minute. God's working with old so-and-so. And God's got old so-and-so just exactly where he wants him and where she wants, where he wants her. And he does not need our help or our criticism. What they need is our prayers. Hmm? See, we don't need to criticize other independent Baptists that's doing the job. We need to pray for them. You know, I was reading today about a young man who has 30 plus underground churches in Iran and been in jail now for almost a year. He's a United States citizen and our government won't even recognize him as being incarcerated. He has over 3,000 people meeting in underground churches every week preaching the gospel, honoring Jesus, and get people saved. And his wife, who lives in Utah or Idaho, does not know whether he'll be dead today or tomorrow. And we are arguing and disagreeing And we've got this beautiful building, the freedom to worship God and be in God's house and carry God's word and experience God's blessings on our family and have little kids that we can raise for the glory of God. And we complain about some of the most insignificant things. Let's start glorying and taking pleasure in the right things that we might have the right power to honor him. Amen. You say, preacher, just some people I don't like. You know, I was talking to them the other day and they don't like you either. But none of us have achieved. Boy, how we need each other. Amen? Amen. If you read the book of 2 Corinthians, 
You'll see Paul's heart just bleeding for other Christians just to accept him for who he is. Not more degrees and more resumes and more recommendations. I say some of the most uneducated people in our church have a closer walk to God, with God, than some of the others. Oh, we just need God's help.